there were so many more distractions to get wrapped up in and honest things to work through. But at the end of the day, you stopped calling sin sin, though, because like you're saying, it was just everyone could just say what they wanted. It wasn't a, well, it's just a different, because it was so politicized, you couldn't point it back to sin. Or you wouldn't. People wouldn't point it back to sin. Welcome to the Lunch Break Hymn Scene, a podcast dedicated to the rediscovery of hymns, both ancient and modern, as well as the authors who penned them. I'm your host, Frank Aiken. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, and don't forget to leave that five-star review and a comment. Join in on the conversation in the break room and come socialize with us on Instagram at the Lunch Break Hymn You can support us financially through buymeacoffee.com. All of those links are in the show notes. Now, let's grab our lunch boxes and our hymnals and dig in to today's episode. But one of the greatest things to come out of the pandemic is all of the amazing podcasts that were started during this time. Now, one of those podcasts is The Theology of Music, the only podcast that unpacks the good and sometimes bad theology in the songs that we sing. So I'm excited to introduce to you today my guest, Joel Archery. Joel, why don't you Thank say you. hello? Yeah. Sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. You keep going. I just want, it was, you just, you're, so, you're such a good introer. <laughs> hey. Um yeah, so I wanted to uh yeah, so I wanted to just uh you know bring you on the show today. Um, you know, just and just uh and talk, you know, a little bit. I think this is gonna be like a collab, you know, mm-hmm. podcast, you know, co host, hey, first time in lunch break, him sing history. I don't you know, um yeah, you're, but, you're, uh, you're, you're, you're treading on new uh, waters here, sir. Absolutely. <laughs> and without a script as well. <laughs> um so yeah, just just wanted to um you know just uh you know just give you an opportunity to, to introduce yourself to uh to my listeners and yeah. and uh and just talk about your your podcast ministry. Yeah, so thanks again, Frank, for for letting letting me be on us getting to do this. I think one of my my favorite things that has also come out of the pod, podcast pan, the pandemic podcast boom, I guess you could say, is that um there's a lot more collaboration and camaraderie that you might not have thought would happen. Um, and one of the coolest things has just been the, the willingness from a lot of people just to say, yeah, sure. Like, like I would love to collab in some way. Um, because at the end of the day, we're all trying to do the same thing, which is just point people back to the source of truth, which is Christ, uh, and help people to think better. And, you know, something that I've been really passionate about is encouraging people to, ironically, ironically enough, if you're a pastor, do podcasts more than, than pastor, if you're really that kind of pastor. You know, because there's, there's so many pastors that are, are, are really willing and ready to faithfully preach the word. But there's so many pastors out there that are occupying pulpits and are just podcasting. Like, they're just talking about whatever they're passionate about. They're, you know, they're, they're doing these topical, super topical, only based on what they want to do, right? And it's basically, they're just, they're podcasting, but in a, in a pulpit. Right. And I really think more pastors should. Just start a pod. If you that's what you want to do, just start a podcast yeah. and talk about those things through your podcast, and then preach. Actually, preach through your pulpit. Or if Amen. you can't do that, start a podcast and make way for someone else. Right? You know, let the let those guys that are really because I've I've been in the ministry and that's that's kind of where I've come from with this podcast. I started the podcast in ministry, and it was very very much about 
deconstructing songs to see the good and the bad. And I was angsty because I was in ministry and I was young and I was frustrated that I was, I was kind of butting up against this American institutional church machine and all the, all that stuff that goes into all the context. And my convictions weren't being met and my preferences weren't being uh, stroked. And so I was just so frustrated. And so I started this podcast because it used to be a ministry that was not appreciated by my pastor in my old church. I, I would pick a song that we're doing for that week and I would say, okay, here's a song. So let's say it's, you know, it wasn't always hymns. It could be uh, uh, Heart of Worship, right? Sure. And I would say like, hey, this week we're doing Heart of Worship. Here's the story behind Heart of Worship. This is what it makes me think about. Here's what the songs say. Here's the, th- here's the doctrine that it's teaching us. Because on Sunday morning, I, I viewed my role as a worship pastor, as a shepherd. Like, I'm not just a music leader. I'm a shepherd. And I need to help right. my people understand what they're singing, not just sing out, right? Because that's not the main goal of the worship leader. And, and so in those days, I really wanted to empower and, and, um, and edify my body in that way. Uh, and so when I was leaving that church, I thought, well, they're not going to do anything with this anyway. It's going to die. I mean, I, I would spend hours recording two different cameras, editing it, putting it together, making this whole video thing, and then never got it promoted. No one ever looked at it, you know, like only a few people who liked it. And so I thought, all right, I'm going to take this with me. So I actually started it. Theology of Music had, was around for a year before the pandemic. But when I was leaving, I thought, okay. I'd, I'd rather just, I don't want to edit a video every week. Dude, <laughs> Frank, that would took, took, like, it would honestly take an entire day to record, edit, sync up all the audio, compress it, post. Like, it was just took forever. And I thought, well, it's a lot easier if I just talk. <laughs> so, so I started the podcast in April of 2020, and I left churches about a month or so after that, and moved up to a church in Delaware and kept it going. And then uh, I was still kind of doing the same vein, deconstructing a lot more about breaking down the bad rather than pointing out the good. Um, right. and, and then I went through the season, right, when I was, I was let go from a church up in the north. A lot of, lot of craziness. There was no moral failure or anything like that. It was just American institutional church butting up against it again. Long story short, in that way. And, but it was a humbling time. The Lord humbled me in such an amazing way that it showed me that I was, I was always so focused on the negative. Uh, and what it was, it was just a poison in my own mind and a poison in my interactions with many other people. And so I took a break, uh, and you can actually see it. If you look at my podcast episodes, there's a break from December to April, uh, December of 2020 to April of 2021. And um, I took that break because I, I didn't want to talk like I was better and good. And I, I was real. I mean, I was unemployed. I was reeling from this, you know, it's going through so much trauma and yeah. church hurt. And, uh, and so when we landed down here in South Carolina and I was working for Cisco, I was like, okay, I'll start it back up. And so that was April, 2021. And I've been, I was going through counseling. And so it was really cool too, is you're seeing this change. If you've listened to the beginning of the podcast to now, you see this change in my demeanor towards music and the worship and worship in church. And also just myself, like I'm, I don't view myself as an expert anymore. I don't want to, I don't want to be view myself as an expert because I think they're smarter people. And so I started to get more guests on doing collabs with people like you, because I think there are many other people that have a better perspective. And I just want to foster good conversations rather than make myself the source of truth, which I was making myself out to, which I think was an, in, which is a offshoot of the American institutional church. The pastor is the, is the, the voice. You need to always listen to him, not scripture, right? Uh, he's the one you go to for your li- tough truths and your life lessons rather than the word of the Lord. 
And I was doing that with my own view of music, right, and worship, right. Um, and so I, I just kind of really took a back, my esteem took a back, back seat in myself. Uh, and I, and the Lord's opened up incredible doors. I mean, I've had people like Meredith Andrews, Mike Donahue, um, even just like faithful pastors who are just as important as those people mm-hmm. that are big bands and big um, worship leaders. Uh, but he, I don't think those doors would ever been opened if I hadn't, you know, been humbled and been willing to to take a back seat and let my ego take a back seat and and try to do what I think is better for for the world in Christendom and podcasting, which is to focus on the stuff that unites us and and yes. let the truth weed out the people that disagree. You know. Anyway, that was a long statement to what you just asked. Hey, <laughs> you I, asked a podcaster no, I, a question; was... he's going to answer it for a long time. <laughs> I love it. No, I, and I tell you, it's it's amazing. Um, you know, I was talking to someone uh, the other day, and and they were at a really like low point in, in their life, and and I said to them, I said, you know, um, when you start hiking up that mountain, you don't get to see what's at the top, Mm-mm. and and it looks tough from where you from where you are. You get to the top, and you turn around, and you see how far that you've come and, mm-hmm. and it's really the Lord is is guiding you, you know, every step of I mean he's you know, he's leading he's leading us where he he wants us to be, not necessarily where we where we want to be, because if it was really up to us, we'd we probably would just not even climb the mountain. No, I would turn around. <laughs> you kidding me? I would turn, yeah, around, turn around and, oh, and never even do it. No. And it um and that's so beautiful. I think you make a great point because it's if God often has to force us. Like he, f- I would never have left ministry unless he forced me. Mm-hmm. And I, but because of that, I would never be where I'm at now. Uh, and sometimes right. God has to be, literally say, no, 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 <laughs> you don't get to shortcut. You don't get to stay on the same path. I got to move you. Sorry, you're, you're about to say something. No, no, that's, no, you're, you're right. And yeah, he breaks us to, uh, to, to mold us into something, uh, in, into, he, he, he turns common clay and in, into you know into diamonds, you know into his purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for his use. Amen. So, um, yeah. So, and I, I've really enjoyed the guests that you that you've had on. I mean, yeah, you've had a lot of a lot of really good, um, a really good guests on there. I've enjoyed listening to the interviews and and um, and everything. What what do you what do you say was one of the most the fun like just just like a fun, memorable um, guest that you that you've had on, and why? Oh man, um, fun because it's I so I love. This <laughs> sounds so stupid. It's not stupid. I love I love my wife. My wife and I have been through a lot this past year, especially her. Right? I mean, she it's traumatic. Like what we went through has been yeah. traumatic, and so we both have gone through counseling. She's in it. I'm. I just finished intensive counseling. She's in intensive, pretty intensive counseling just to work through trauma, just all that kind of stuff. Uh, if there are people listening, counseling is fantastic. And if you have trauma in your past, EMDR is fantastic. Find someone who's, who's certified in EMDR, it's great. But I, I love my wife, I love Joanna, and I, I love making her, like blessing her. And so Meredith Andrews um, is like her role model in worship music. Because my wife is actually an r- amazing singer, really good singer. One of those people that when you hear her sing, it's not about her voice. It's about the spirit behind it. And people would always just say, I feel like there's so much peace that I get when your wife sings. It's like the Holy Spirit. Just every time she opens her mouth, it just gives me peace. And I'm like, yes, that's my wife when she sings. I'm just loud. 
That's why we sang so great together. Because I would be the loudness, and she would be the piece that would quiet everyone down. I'm like, oh my gosh, thanks someone to help with the the grating sound of Joel's voice. But she's always loved Meredith Andrews. So when I told her I got Meredith Andrews on, she was like, "Are you kidding me? That's insane." So That's Meredith, awesome. Mary and I are talking, and um, we took. So I I do an hour. I try to do an hour long at least conversation. Um, but I keep my podcast episodes that are public to be at least thirty five. And then if you want to listen to the rest, you have to become a member and then you can get behind the paywall. Um, and so we were taking a break and um, we we're about to go behind the paywall. And my wife was putting my girls to sleep for their nap, afternoon nap. And she was done. And I said, hey, Mayor, real quick, could you just encourage my wife? Like, I know we're on a Zoom call or whatever, but could you just encourage her? She's been through so much. And, she, and, I, she, and Mayor, I, every guest, I tell them about my, my past few years. So they understand like where I'm coming from. Yeah. Not for them to give, oh, I'm so, I'm so sorry, Joel. But more just to, to know, like, this is why I do what I do now. And so Mare knew what Joanna was through, what has been through. And so I'd say, hey, Joanna, come in. Mare wants to say something to you. She's like, what? So she comes in, stands right behind me. And Meredith is like, hey, I want you to know uh, that that should have never been done to you. And you are loved. And God sees you. And God knows you. And God cares for you. And God has not abandoned you. I mean... So like just just think your your greatest role model in faith right in in Christendom today, literally so like Frank what, whoever it is comes to your house and just says hey I just want you to know, like everything you've been through, that's not what God wants. He's not happy when people do that to you. That's not how the church is supposed. Whatever it is, but I want you to know you're loved, you're cared for. God sees you. This is in the end. I mean. So she, I mean, my wife's bawling, Meredith's bawling. And I, it was just the most fun because to me at the end of the day, it was everything that I've been through was worth it in that moment to see my wife encouraged by someone that she reveres. Uh, and that was, I, I, I just keep going. I, this never would have happened if I was still in ministry. Like God had to do this for me yeah. to be able to have that. And so that was, yeah. So that was just a great time. That was such a fun time. There you go. That's awesome. Oh, thank you for sharing that. I, I, I can imagine that was that was very memorable for your wife. So that's that's really cool. Yeah. Who's your who's your role model in the faith? Oh, man, there's a um, you know, there's a, there's a couple of guys that, that I listen to. Um, you know, I'll I'll tune into their sermons. Um, you know, Kevin DeYoung, he's a pastor that's actually here in Charlotte. Uh, yeah. Big, you know, big, big church, Christ Covenant. Yeah. My, uh, my to, parents uh, used to go there, actually. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah. Great. You know, just a, just a great, you know, a great guy, you know, he's, he's a, you know, I mean, it's a big church, um, but he's, he's a real humble, um, Mm -hmm. he's a real humble pastor. Um, you know, the pastor of my church, I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's a real encouragement, um, you know, to me and, and, and to my family. Um, I probably don't tell him enough and here's your, here's your word. You got to tell him that now. (laughs) But there just like, yep. wouldn't it be so cool if Kevin DeYoung called you up and was like, hey, I'll let you know, I've been thinking about you. Yeah. You're loved. Like, yes. bro. <laughs> Absolutely. Sign, oh, man. man, sign this book while you're, while you're at it. <laughs> yeah, I've read. <laughs> if you want to tell me, if you want to show me that I'm loved, could you sign this book? Yep. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for writing Crazy Busy. I'm still crazy busy, but that I appreciate book. the book. Oh, my gosh. I'm so good to bring that up. That was one of the best books I think I ever read, just because. Oh, it's like some, it's like songs when when you hear a, a really pertinent, contextually on the on the money song or a book, it's just it's it's great. And that was a perfect book. I love that book so much. Oh yeah, he's a great author. I mean, it hits 
and it, it hits us. I mean, it, it hits us pretty hard, you know, as, you know, I, I think as Americans, but I think, I think as people, but particularly as Americans, like we, we tend to get really busy. And honestly, as Christians, we tend to get really busy, um, mm-hmm. you know, and especially in, in, uh, in church. And, and I actually wanted to kind of talk a little bit about that. Um, I, I know, uh, and I don't segue. want you to, yeah, I don't want you to get into, um, I see what I did there. I don't want you to, you know, get into anything that you're uncomfortable talking about. Um, but yeah, I know, you know, a couple of weeks ago you had an episode just talking about the American church and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I started this, I started this podcast two years ago. Um, what happened two years ago? Well, COVID happened and, mm-hmm. you know, everybody went home for the two weeks to slow the spread. Uh, two yeah, years we're still, later. We're still dealing with that, right? Are, are we still, still slowing the spread? I don't know. We're still slowing the spread. Yeah. Although we... You know, I think we, I think we're burning masks though. I think that that, you know, finally, you know, soccer season is upon us and everything. But, um, you know, so I think that COVID exposed a lot of things that were probably already there um, in the church. And, you know, when I think about like what the church is, um, you know, the, the church is the people of God. Um, It's, it's the, the body of Christ, mm-hmm. and, and He's the head of that, um, <clears throat> and and we are united uh, through Christ. So we're one people, uh, and, and then you know we're all. It's also um, you know we're the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? Um, and I think that like you know our union uh, you know is is in Christ first. I mean it, we're not you know if we're nationalists, <laughs> well we're you know to you know to to Christ, right? Um, yeah, we're yeah. heavenly nationalists. Whatever, Amen. Um, to to Zion, but but you know, I think that you know some of what I what I've seen, uh, and especially with you know some friends of mine just dealing with, you know, we we've got this pandemic. We had to go. You know, we we didn't really know what to do. Do we you know do we close down church? Do we have it online? Right. Um, you know, I don't. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. In the beginning, I don't know that there was an answer that we knew. Now I'm an elder in my church. Um, and we had to make a tough decision that, you know, we're going to go online. We're not going to close it down, um, but we're going to be, you know, be safe in, in the first, you know, few weeks. And then shortly after that, we did, you know, in, in the parking lot and, 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 and all that. But, you know, it just it just seems like a lot of, you know, what we started to see was it became very political. Mm. And, you know, it's OK if it's in the world. You know, listen, if. Um, you know, if, if AOC wants to get up and say, you know, one thing and Donald Trump wants to say another, but that's fine. They're on opposite ends of the spectrum. Listen, AOC, what a, ABC, whatever your name is. All right. Okay. Look, I bet you can't even spell your initials. All right. You and your <laughs> weird coats and dresses go back to, where, where are you even from? Who knew, you're nobody. You're no one. All right. I'm, yeah. Anyway, keep going. I'm, hey, I'm the only reason I'm like that's awesome. One of the main reasons I was sad Trump didn't win was like, ah, no, I can't keep doing my impressions anymore. <laughs> that's great, man. For the first time in lunch break, him sing history, we had a, a Trump um, impersonator on on the podcast. So I'm good for anything, it's an impersonation. Keep going. That's one for the books. I'm putting that in the show notes. <laughs> no, you're, you're making really good points, though, Frank, because you know, I. Like, as you alluded, I, I talked about it on my podcast, but it's the pandemic enabled in so many ways 
I think two things. It enabled us to see whether people were actually walking in the spirit, right? Because the scripture says in Galatians, if you walk in the spirit, you won't gratify the desires of your flesh, right? So it was a really, because, I mean, everyone's at home and have time to be on social media and social media is exploded even more. So people who weren't on social media now got on social media, right? Even the people who said, I'll never get on social media. They got on social media. And so now everyone's opinions have, they have soapboxes, they have, they have influence. And then at the same time too, it also enabled a lot of the American church to further whatever goal they had. So my church in Virginia that I left during the pandemic spent thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, thousands of dollars to make their recordings better because that Mm -hmm. was the new reality. And then when I went to up to Delaware, same thing we spent, but we were also redoing a lot of the equipment. They needed a whole redo. So I I came up with a plan, did all that stuff. We sent thousands, thousands, tens and thousands of dollars, right? So many churches were spending tens of thousands of dollars just to make themselves seem better for online recordings and online services. And in the end, they promoted this new, like they joined the cultural movement of production and excellence and show and all this kind of stuff. And, and, and so you have these two paths that are happening where you're getting a rep, you're revealing more of the, the heart behind most of the people, right? You know, 60 years ago, you didn't know if, if Joe was a racist. Now you do know he's a racist. Or 60 years ago, you didn't know this person believed in, you know, pro-abortion, super liberalism, yeah. all that kind of stuff, right? Now you do, right? And what does the pat? What do you as elders do? Do you have to now monitor social media? No, like it, it just be all of this. It just created what I believe is just a, a bigger example of what happens in the New Testament around Acts when like all these things are happening. The widows need to be fed. Not everyone's being treated well, and it's just distracting from the main purpose of what the the apostles were was to preach the good news of is Jesus Christ. And there were so many more distractions to get wrapped up in and honest things to work through. But at the end of the day, you stopped calling sin, sin, though, because like you're saying, it was just, everyone could just say what they wanted. It wasn't a, well, it's just a different, because it was so politicized, you couldn't point it back to sin. Or you wouldn't, people wouldn't point it back to sin. It wasn't a, you're, it was, you're, you're, you're sinning because you're not meeting together, or you're sinning because you're not loving thy neighbor. It wasn't like that, I think, in the end of the day, after living through it yeah. as a pastor, and now on the, on being on the other side, and I wonder if, I would love to hear what you think. I think at the end of the day, that wasn't the argument we should have been having. Um, and I, I think it should have just been, like, as pastors, you just make the best call. It does, it's not, I don't think it's really going to be this in Scripture you're going to point to it. I think it's just going to be what's in, through prayer and fasting and, you know, the peace of the Holy Spirit, just say, okay, this is, this is what we're going to go with and we're going to own it. And we're going to let our yes be yes and our no be no. And we're going to own it, but we're going to keep ourselves honest and try to care for people as much as we can, knowing that you can't, and, and at the end of the day, you can't, you can't make everyone happy. And calling your people to just, <laughs> I wish more people pastors would have said, calling your people just to shut up. <laughs> just stop. We don't need you to give your opinion. We don't need to hear you saying those people aren't wearing masks when they thought this was supposed to. Just stop. Just stop. Like we're, we just got to calm down and we just got to stop. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's exact. No. Hey, I'm with you. I, you know, I think, so you brought, you said, you know, that, yeah, that, you know, Jesus said, you know, you know, the two greatest commandments, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and 
your neighbor as yourself. And then we kind of put it in there as, you know, we interpreted that to uh, wear a mask or don't wear a mask or, you know, get vaccinated or don't get vaccinated. But, but whatever it was, it was that thing. Like this was the only way to love your neighbor. Yeah. And then I'm going to put, I'm going to put my, my spin on it. And if you don't do that thing, which I now know that you don't, cause you're going to put it on social media and you're right. Right. Uh, um, you know, it's, it's like, then you're, you're kind of, you know, it's, it's just division that shouldn't be there. You know, no. it's, um, and you know, some churches and, and I'm not, and I know I sound like I'm being critical of it and, you know, and listen in my own heart, I'll tell you, I'll be honest in the beginning, man, I, I jumped on that 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 whole bandwagon of putting all my thoughts on social media. I went back and deleted it all. You won't know, you know, you might kind of figure out where I stand on those things. But ultimately I don't know, the accent might give you away. <laughs> yeah. It, yep. And the beard. But ultimately it's like, hey, what do you, you know, what do you uh you know, what do you feel comfortable with? Do what you want to do, you right. know? I don't care because in the end of it, if you're this or this, um, you know, we're still United in Christ, right. you know, that's that's where our union is, and then, yeah. yeah so, and it, and it fell to the pastors, which, which like at the end of the day, and if you listen to my podcast, you know I don't agree with the senior pastor mentality anymore. Now now that I've lived through it and then been outside, I'm like, this is when everything rises and falls on one guy, right? Mm-hmm. Like one, I mean, that's you've you've seen polarizing figure public figures in the past. Every pastor is the same thing, so pastors became these polarizing figures in the midst of a pandemic which is not what the pastors like the pastor's not supposed to be polarizing the scripture that he preaches is supposed to be polarizing right the word of the lord is going to divide people because it's true and not everyone wants to listen to the truth or they haven't been chosen to listen to the truth they don't have ears right that's just the reality of scripture and what it tells us but you had these pastors because of the nature of how we structure our churches now they they're the guy right you're you as an elder while you are help making the decision, you're not the face, right? So everyone's looking for pastor whoever to say what we're doing now. Okay, hey, make sure you say this on stage about the masks, and make sure you say it in this way. And it's like the end of the, like you said, at the end of the day, if pastors could have just said, guys, you know, just be safe and don't be stupid and care about each other and take personal responsibility, right? Like, yeah, they, you make really good points. Hey, plurality of uh, of of leadership, or you know, of elders, you know, be Presbyterian. <laughs> no, and you're well. It's it, it's true. Like so, my church down here isn't Presbyterian. It's it's non-denominational. And what okay. I like about them, even though I would hold their feet to the fire to say that you know you got here because you used the cultural Christian wet means of big church and all that kind of stuff. Like we we now have the ability to do a lot of stuff. It's a massive church 10 campuses but they keep their campuses small and they're refocusing all of their efforts now into actually living what scripture says loving the widow so we've bought affordable housing stuff like that you know awesome we don't have senior senior pastors we just have elders and teaching people who are like teaching pastors teaching elders that kind of stuff there's no senior guy there's no guy that runs the show uh there used to be and they realized that was the wrong thing they realized it was they were going about it the wrong way and they changed but i would say Yes, we're in a really good position now, and you guys are healthy, but you were unhealthy before, and that got you here in some ways. You grow, you, God got you here, and he grew you, but you did acknowledge you weren't doing it right, and it was wrong. Um, but you're, you're right. You have to have plurality. 
where there's no one guy, yeah. not even one person who teaches. Like there needs to be a plurality so people know it's no one person is the guy. Anyone technically could be the guy because God called anyone in, in the Old Testament and the New Testament. It doesn't matter. You didn't do like most of the apostles were idiots. I mean, you saw that anyway, but like they were idiots in the sense they weren't scholars. They weren't these smart guys. Paul was the only one that was super learned. Um, and it's the same thing in, in today's world. I, you know, we, we build up these people to be, like you said, like there's no plurality. There has to be one person. Uh, not even just in, like the Presbytery, even in the Presbytery, there's still often places where, where it is one guy. Like as much as Kevin Young is great, he's super famous pastor. So there's a very easy chance for people to just look at him as like, oh, yeah, Kevin Young, he's my pastor now. Whoa, okay, so he's like, whoa, he's a big deal. Like, damn, just a guy. Yeah, just a guy. Uh, so how do we? So how do you think we get back to, um, you know, with, uh, you know, I mean, we we're, I say we're coming out of, you know, a weird time. Um, I mean, listen, there's churches that that I know that still are not like meeting. I mean, yeah, they're, online they're still. Online. Huh? Yeah, they're still yeah, online. Yeah. And, um, and, and some of them are like, well, you know, this just kind of works. And then, you know, there's people that, you know, I, I think we feel the, the burden, you know, as, as elders, as, as shepherds, um, you know, of the flock that, you know, there's people that, you know, we, we used to see um, two years ago. We, we, you know, we look around, you know, the pews now and, and we don't see them and we reach out to them and, you know, they're not there anymore. And, you know, and it's, it's like, you know, it's sad because you know, you want them to you know be in fellowship in in person. You know, I mean, corporate worship. You know, it's important. I mean, right. it's, we're, we're God's people. We're corporately worshiping uh, the Lord together. We're you know we're we're hearing the preached word. We're praying the word. We're singing the word. Um, but how how do you think we get back? You know, get back to that. I mean, it's that's you're you're asking the wrong person because I am the least qualified. <laughs> um, I think a big part is. You know, when I was leading worship, I always, um, one of the things I would tell people is I don't like, uh, I don't want to act like I'm leading a people that aren't there when it came to like what songs I was picking or um, like uh, wh- whether I would use tracks or something like that. Like I-, I wanted to focus on the people that I had in the room that God called me to shepherd, whoever was there that day. And I think the hard part about being an elder, which I commend you for, uh, and being a pastor is that you, you know, you're called to love the people and shepherd them and care for them, but they're not always going to want to be cared for. And I think what it's, it may, it doesn't, it may sound like, um, super pessimistic, but I think more, more pastors and elders need to let some people go to focus their attention on the people who are there who want to learn and grow. Uh, and, and know that in the end of the day, like you, we're all just under shepherds, right? Pastors are under shepherds. Elders are under shepherds. The great shepherd is the one who went after the night that what left the 99 went after one. Like we love to, we love to romanticize that and say like, well, God went after the one and left the 99. Like we need to, I, I just keep thinking like that. You're not, we're not Jesus. We don't have the, that, that ability to do that in a perfect way. Uh, and he's the one ultimately that rescues people and draws them to himself. And his Holy Spirit does that. Like the Holy Spirit draws people to him. Uh, and so just as much as you not doing online this week doesn't save someone or bring them back to the church, 
is the same thing that, you know, you calling them at the end of the day probably doesn't bring them back to the church, right? Like, and some might say, oh, man, it meant so much that you called me. I think it's just at the end of the day, churches need to make decisions of we have to shepherd who we have here. And if we, we extend our live at peace as much as possible with people uh, in Romans, and then if they don't want to, it's fine. And we have to, we have to focus and not be distracted and focus on what's right. And like you're saying, what's the right thing? It's to preach the word well and not about ourselves. It's to, I think it's to fight against um, the, the American Christian identity, which is just this me-centered focus on worship and preaching, right? It's pastors who focus on like, oh, the preached word is so high. I need to be, I need to have this much time and it needs to be this kind of thing, right? We, we just need to stop making church about ourselves, which is easier said than done. Um, but I think we need to check ourselves more in, in the church um, and check our people. And just, I think a lot more tough love is in order for us to get back uh, because um, you, you just see weak hands often breed disobedience, right? You know, it's, there's, it's the same thing with spanking my kid, right? The, the scripture's clear. If you, if you spare the rod, you spoil the child. And I think it's the same thing with our sheep and our flocks of churches. Sometimes there needs to be more church discipline and more, uh, more of a tough truth to the people in your church than you may feel comfortable doing, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it's, and I think the, it doesn't need to fall, though, on elders and the pastor. That's where small group leaders come in. That's where godly people come in in the church. And, you lean into those people. So as you as an elder, you say, because you, you have a wife, right? You have a job. You have lives. Yeah. You, 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 this isn't your life. Just as it's, you're an elder, you're, it's a high calling, that's great. But at the end of the day, this isn't your main thing, right? This is a thing you get to do to be a part of a church in a, in a, in a greater way, and it's a wonderful service. But there are other people that may have more time that are just as godly. And I think we need to call on those people in the church to be part partners in holding each other accountable, uh, and not just placing the the onus on an elder or a pastor. But that's a long answer to a short question. I will say that you know one thing that I, if I can encourage anybody and anybody that, that's out there that's listening, um, I mean you're right. I mean family, you know, definitely comes first. I mean that's why you know Paul gives the, you know gives the qualifications for an elder that he does. You know that and they you know he's. He's got to have his house in order, um, you know, first and foremost. Right. Um, but I do think it, and I do, you know, I do think it is important. You know, I do have a job. Um, there's a lot of times that, that I really feel the burden for the people that, you know, at my church, you know, to stop and pray for them and, you know, just the things that they're going, going through also, um, right. you know, as well. Sometimes, sometimes, you know, more, even more so than, all of the responsibilities that I've got, um, you know, at my job, but, um, yeah, I agree. I, I think, you know, someone asked me this question the other day. Oh, it was my dad. And so my dad is, um, is a past was no longer a pastor. He was a pastor of the domination that I was a part of up in the North. So I blame him okay. for uh, everything happening. I was like, why did, why did <laughs> I let you convince me to go to this church? Um, but we had talked about this a lot. We talked about this a lot. And one of the things I said, I think I said, I believe that the American, I, th- I believe that the church in America will be, re- will be changed through the marketplace. Maybe just because I'm a part of it right now, but I think more people mm-hmm. in the marketplace just showing that like the gospel changes your life, right? And showing it in that way, rather than saying, 
go to church, see, hear how the gospel changes your life, right? Now, and then they say, go live it out. You just, you're just around people that are different. And then you may say you're a believer, and you're, you're around this person that's amazing at work, like you, like Frank. Man, you run this call center so, why, like, like, and you, they don't ask you, hey, why do you, why do you do so well by people? You just talk about how, hey, yeah, man, I, like I've, today's been a good, been a hard day. You know, I'm just really trying to love my wife um, and love people around me. And, you know, life's hard. And I just want to, if you need anything, though, like, let me know. And people go, wow, that's so selfish. And they may be a believer. And then they get convicted. Man, Frank is way more selfish. And he had a hard day or selfless. He had a hard day. Like, how can I be all about myself? Right. I think that's where the Lord, I'm not going to say we're, the American church is Babylon and God's, God's left his people and the glory of the Lord has left the temple of, of American church. But I will say that I think that he could, I think he wants to use us in ways we, we don't usually think. And I think the marketplace is yeah. a great place for us to do that. You're right. I mean, we get out into the, yeah, we get out into the world and we live our, and we live life. I mean, you know, we're to, uh, to go and make, right. um, you know, go and make disciples. Um, that was a thank you for that. Um, well, Joel, uh, you know, it's, it's been a real pleasure uh, having you here. Talking, on, on the, we can keep talking behind the paywall on my end if you'd like. We absolutely will. We yes. can be done on your end, but we'll keep talking on my end. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, because, hey, my people, man, we only get a 30-minute lunch break, right? And, and I usually take only 10 minutes of it. I know. This is a long episode. <laughs> This is a long episode. They're gonna have to. They're gonna have to, uh, you know, clock in late from lunch. So, uh, like, oh my gosh, <laughs> Frank, stop this. Well, yeah. Well, Joel, uh, it's been a pleasure having you out on the podcast. Um, how can people socialize with you? Yeah. So Instagram, uh, Theology of Music. If they ever want to send me an email because someone stole Theology of Music, they have to do Theology and Music at Gmail. But Instagram is the best way to get to get a hold of me. Um, I'm on that more often than I should. And then eventually, uh, I just bought a domain name, so I'm working on my website, and so there will be a place where you can nice. buy merch and stuff, and find podcast episodes and all that kind of stuff. And then also music. I mean, I'm, I, I myself am a songwriter, and my my bandmate and uh, and I are called the Grace Collective, and so we're working on our we have okay. three albums out, working on our singles for this year, uh, and they're going to be songs of hope for those who are uh, just maybe suffering or maybe just need a little bit of hope. So a couple songs. Singles coming out later this year. So, The Grace Collective. Awesome. Grace Collective. The Grace Collective. You have theology to have the, of you have music. To the well, Grace Collective. The Grace Collective. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, and Theology of Music. Well, thank you so much, thank you, uh, Joel, sir. for being on the show and um, everyone out there. Are higher than the 
stars in heaven, firstborn of creation, that's the Son of God. Jesus, there's no rival glory, we adore you.
We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Lunch Break Hymn Sing. We look forward to seeing you next time. Until then, enjoy your lunch break.